Welcome to the Dream to Destination podcast. Around here, we believe that solo travel is the ultimate freedom. It is also one of the quickest paths to empowerment and personal growth. Have you been dreaming about it, but unsure if you have the confidence to travel solo? Well, I'm here to tell you that you most certainly do. How do I know? Easy. Because if I do, and millions of other women do, then so do you. Hi, I'm Shelly of TravelMexicoSolo.com. Join me here on this podcast each Monday to learn the tried and true tips, tricks, and mindset hacks that I used while traveling solo in Mexico for over two years. You'll also hear stories from other solo female travelers on how they transcended their fears and anxieties to step into their confidence and explore the world solo. So if you're ready to turn your dream of solo travel into your destination, then this podcast was made for you. Now let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Dream to Destination podcast. Um, this is super exciting. Interview episodes are always fun, and I'm so excited to be interviewing and chatting with Janine of the blog Janine in the World. So Janine is originally from Canada and is very smart because she is always in search of warmer weather. So in 2017, she packed her bags and moved to Mexico and never looked back. Now she writes in-depth travel guides to help women travel Mexico safely and confidently. So hi, Janine. Welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. So we are both Mexico bloggeresses. <laughs> I made that word up. I like um, it. <laughs> but yeah, we met in, in our travel blogging group and, um, we, you know, they were like, you're both Mexico travel bloggers, so be friends. So we did. Yeah. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited to be chatting with you today. And as Mexico bloggers, we of course <laughs> have to talk about the number one Mexico travel question of the world, and that is, is Mexico safe? So last week I did a whole episode about the blog that I wrote about Mexico travel safety and why I believe that I stayed safe throughout all my Mexico travels. Uh, so this week we're gonna be talking about your blog, which is called, Is Mexico Safe? Tips for Solo Female Travel in Mexico. Um, and I really love your blog. Uh, I think it's really great. I think the more um, tips on how to stay safe in Mexico, the better. And you definitely give a lot. So let's start with what do you think of actually, what do you think when people ask you, is Mexico safe? I'm, um, that's a good question. I mostly, like, since I live here, I think, yes, it is, and you shouldn't need to ask, but I also understand that there's so much, like, negative information about Mexico spread in the media, 
Um, but I just think that like asking whether or not it's safe is just not that useful because there's not really anywhere in the world that's very safe. Yeah, that's, that's super, super true. Um, like I'm from South Florida and I lived in between Miami and Fort Lauderdale and there were parts of Miami that you like don't go to and there are parts of Fort Lauderdale that you just don't go to. And I think the same is true for Mexico. You know, there are certainly parts of Mexico that you just don't go to, but it's a huge country and it's pretty ridiculous, I guess is the word, to just write off the whole country because there are parts of it that are not safe. Totally. Yeah, it's like, it's really problematic to just paint it with one stroke. Like, there's, yeah, there's so many different places and different walks of life and you just have to do your research and know which parts to avoid. So let's talk about some places specifically. How many places or states or cities or what's your Mexico travel resume look like? Um, I think I've been to about 18 states, 16 or 18, so quite a few. Yeah, that's more than, there's 31 states, so that's more than half. There's 31 states and a, and a well, what the equivalent of the USDC is. <laughs> yeah, like a federal district, I guess. Oh, yeah, Mexico has a DF instead of a DC, which is <laughs> Distrito Federal, which is where Mexico, <laughs> which is Mexico City, basically. So, but yeah, there are technically 31 states and a DF. So you've been to half, you've been to over, well over half, actually. Yeah. Some of them I was there very briefly, so I don't know if it, like, <laughs> really amounts to that much. But, I mean, I still got a sense of a lot of different places, so. So, so let's talk specifics of, like, how you felt in different states. Like, um, which ones would you say you know, you had the, any kind of concerns for your safety versus like 100% I feel as safe as it gets in Mexico? I mean, most of the time I feel pretty safe. I don't, the only place that I really like ever worry too much about is in Mexico City, but that's just because it's such a big city and it's like some parts are really crowded. And my boyfriend, like on one of our trips, he did get pickpocketed there so that kind of didn't help but I mean I still go there confidently I don't avoid it yeah I lived there um for about 10 months in total and I always felt very safe but I definitely did not take public transportation in Mexico um the metro although convenient and inexpensive um is also like like and again like most big cities it's where you're likely going to get pickpocketed. And I just always advise people now to not take Mexico City public transportation. Yeah, I kind of, I agree with that statement. Like, especially as a solo traveler, like my boyfriend, when he, so it's kind of funny, he lived in Mexico City for eight years and never had a single issue. Like he said, he even would leave, his, he lived in Condesa for a while and he would even leave his car like parked on the street without the doors locked and never had any problems. And then we went there on vacation and he got pickpocketed on the metro. So it's just like bad luck. But, but yeah, I don't know. I think um, avoiding the metro is definitely a good way to like mitigate your risks, especially as a solo traveler. 
And I don't, I mean, like this shouldn't necessarily matter, but your boyfriend is Mexican, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like he was necessarily targeted as a foreign traveler. Yeah. He might've been cause we were, <laughs> he was with me and my mom, but yeah. but yeah, I mean, he was like, oh man, I must've lost my street cred when this happened. Well, yeah. I mean, again, like that kind of stuff is random. Just, it's like a crime of opportunity. Like he might've just not been paying enough attention to where he put his phone. Who knows, you know, but you know, it's random and there's no way around random crimes. I think anywhere in the world, Mexico, of course, included. Yeah. Those those people are everywhere and they're just going to take the opportunities that they see. So yeah, and speaking of pickpocketing specifically, I actually just saw an article from um, World Nomads. The, it's one of the biggest travel insurance companies. And they were talking about how pickpocketing in Italy is such a national problem. And the article went like state by state of Italy, city by city of like how to avoid the pickpockets in this city. And there were different scams for every city. And I read that Venice, actually, which is one of the biggest travel spots in the world, um, the police in Venice pretty much don't even respond to pickpockets anymore because it's just such a rampant problem and considered like a small petty crime. But there are like the people of Venice who are reliant on tourism dollars, they form their own like citizen watch groups to, to combat how big of a problem it is. But I mean, you know, try telling that to the people traveling to Italy, you know, they're, they're just going to be like, okay, well, I'll just pay more attention. But then when you're like, oh, you can get pickpocketed in Mexico, it's like, oh, Mexico's so dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is like kind of crazy how our perceptions are so warped. For sure. So I want to go back to your blog for a minute because you you pull out some uh some quotes and I guess these are like Facebook comments and stuff like that and um this relates specifically to the is Mexico safe question and how one it's really not even answerable but two how like the help you're really getting from people and the internet and the, the mainstream media is is like feeding into telling you that it's not necessarily safe you know it's sort of disguised (laughs) it's a disguised answer to that question so the first one that you have here in your blog is um it you know the question is mexico safe and the answer is i feel safe there never had any problems so why do you think that is not really those kind of answers are not really helpful I just think they're super subjective. Like, we don't know anything about that person, like, what their life experience is, where they traveled, like, whether they speak Spanish, whether they're, like, Mexican-American, or, like, I don't know, just so many different, there's just so many different factors that could weigh into whether or not they feel safe there. And a lot of it's, like, a mindset thing, too. Like, if they've traveled extensively in other places that are perceived as dangerous destinations maybe they're just kind of immune to it so it's just not that helpful that's true too I always suggest that like to just understand the travel style of the person you're getting the answer from and 
you know, safety first, like an all-inclusive resort style traveler and safety for a backpacker are two different worlds. <laughs> so yeah, I definitely, um, exactly what you said, it's super subjective. And there are so many factors that we're not really considering because I think people want the, I think there some people want an officially official answer to is Mexico safe and I personally don't think that answer exists, but. Yeah, and it, it's like also a disservice to give one. Like there's lots of people that are like, it's totally safe. And I don't really think that's a productive answer either because that's just not true anywhere. Yeah. And so you really just need to be able to understand the possible dangers, I guess, and then learn how to protect yourself against them. So here's another quote. It looks like a screenshot of a Facebook comment, but it says, um, I'm solo. I'm here solo now, Puerto Vallarta area. You just have to be smart. Stick to your resort and take guided excursions. I won't be wandering too far on my own. I have no concerns, really. Well, that's a little bit all over the place, but <laughs> I guess the big takeaway is like this stick to your resorts, you know, don't wander on your own. I'm like, yeah, talk yeah, about some like of that. <laughs> It seems like just an unfortunate way to travel. Like, I mean, it's fine if you want to go on an all-inclusive vacation or whatever, that's awesome. But I think if you want to visit Mexico, you don't have to do that to have a safe trip. And it's, yeah, it would just be a shame to miss out on, like, all that Mexico has to offer because you're only willing to, like, stay in your hotel area. I never, I've never done an all-inclusive resort trip. I, I mean... Sometimes I'm like do like trekking in like remote areas or something. Like the last time I had this thought, I was hiking across like an active volcano in Hawaii, and I'm like, why don't you just do an all inclusive? <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but I have never done one. I keep thinking I'm gonna do one one day, and I haven't yet. But like I understand the appeal, but then again, it's like why go why go through the hassle of going through customs and all this kind of. <laughs> why don't you just do an all-inclusive in the U.S.? Or I did one last year in Los Cabos for the first time, and it was my first one. I'd never been super interested in it either, but my boyfriend's mom wanted to do it with the family, and it was really awesome for, like, a family trip because nobody had to, like, cook, and we could just, like, hang out and go to the pool and stuff, and it was really easy, but it's definitely not my preferred travel style because I like to get out and about, but I do see the appeal. Yeah, no, I get it. And one day I'm going to just, I'm going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't got there yet. But yeah, I mean, you know, if that's like, again, if that's the person's travel style, like you're not experiencing Mexico. You really can't even have an opinion on the safety of Mexico because you're experiencing a resort. You're not, ex you know, I don't know. I, I don't think that's one of those gray areas. Like, have I been to Mexico or not? Like, yes or no. And some people count if they've been in an airport. <laughs> as like, yeah. being And like, I think kind of for me and all inclusive, a little bit falls under that because it's like, you didn't, I don't know. Yeah, I feel that way too. Like, I don't really feel like I've been to Los Cabos, even though I was yeah. technically there for like five days. So yeah. I don't think that you, yeah, I don't think that that's a helpful perspective on safety. And I also don't think it's a necessary way to travel Mexico to stay safe either. 
But I think it's also just like wrap up that point. But I think it's also like like a backhanded compliment, I guess, in a way. It's like you're saying it's safe. You're like, yes, it is safe, but only if you stick to the resorts, which all which kind of means that it's not really that safe. Yeah. And then I had another one here too, which is like even worse where people are like, oh, just hang out where other travelers and expats hang out and you'll be fine. And that's like even worse. Like it's super problematic because you're basically saying like, as long as you surround yourself with white people, it'll be fine. Yeah. Which isn't true. Of course. Of course not. So yeah, safety. Um, You you go over the definition of safety, which is cool because, you know, we have to know what we're, we're talking about, but, um, yeah, talk about living your, you lived in the U S for five years and talk about your perception of safety there, like as a Canadian. Yeah, that was, um, like, I mean, I never felt like I was in immediate danger, but at the same time, like the gun thing in the U S is so foreign to me as a Canadian. And, I mean, it's not that reassuring just, like, constantly seeing on the news that there's, like, these mass gun, like, episodes of gun violence, because that's so unpredictable. Like, you never know when it could happen. It could happen to you. Like, and there's no way to really protect yourself against it. So that was not reassuring. (laughs) No. Yeah, you're totally right. Like, um, a little known fact, I think, for for U.S. travelers, it's like, guns are basically illegal in Mexico. So, you know, just think about that, how you can walk into your local Walmart in the U.S. and and get, you know, six or seven guns in, like, one transaction, and you basically cannot get them in Mexico. I think that, I heard that there's, like, one place in, around Mexico City where you can get guns in the country. Oh, my God. Yeah. But yeah, again, like, you know, you we don't think about that stuff. I think as Americans especially, you have to, we all have to believe where we're living is safe because it just, that's to our, our own personal peace of mind benefit. So it's easy to just paint another place as unsafe when, you know, you are, the same things you call somewhere unsafe for you experience in your day-to-day life, but you, you sort of just have to tune it out again for like peace of mind. So yeah, perspective is huge. Perspective is, is super huge. So after saying all that, that there's not really a definitive answer to the is Mexico safe question, the next appropriate question, the question everyone should really be asking is how do I travel safely in Mexico? So I want to hear your, some of your thoughts on that. How, do you, how did you travel safely in Mexico and how does someone travel safely in Mexico? Um, so many ways. Like it's mostly just a matter of being self-aware and like trying to avoid putting yourself in risky situations. Um, but yeah, I have a whole bunch of tips for doing that. And yeah, I guess like it's just... Um, a matter of doing your research and then just like making sure that you are aware of what's going on around you. How would you suggest someone to do do their research? 
I like to connect with people who have been in a destination recently. So whether that means going on Instagram and finding people or going into Facebook groups. And again, like you have to be careful and like think critically about the responses you get, but it still can help put things in perspective a little bit. Um, and then of course, blogs can be helpful. Um, yeah, and then connecting with locals as much as possible is a good way too, because they'll give you a, an honest perspective. Yeah, I, I'm i in, I mean, I think we're all in a billion Facebook groups nowadays, but um, I I like to have a mix of mine. Like for, I'm in a bunch of Mexico Mexico ones. You probably are too. But I, I mean, the, you know, like, I guess your immediate thought is like, let me get in the group with like 80,000 people in it, you know, and, and it's not that you shouldn't get in that group, but like, I have found a lot of help in the smaller sized groups. Yeah. Big ones can be really overwhelming and just like, you just get too much like engagement back on anything you ask like so many opinions and again when you're asking such a subjective question like is mexico safe it's going to be like yes no yes no yes no no yes no like it's going to be just that person's personal experience and or some news article they just read (laughs) and i feel like the biggest hard no (laughs) on like Mexico travel people are the people who have never been to Mexico. Yeah, I totally agree. I always see they're like, a friend of a friend told me. I'm like, okay, but just to be clear, like you haven't been there before. Yeah. Oh no, those people are the biggest experts on Mexico travel safety. It's like my ex-coworker like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> left her iPhone at a bar. Dr- she was drunk and left her iPhone at the bar and it got stolen. Like, what? <laughs> it's like, oh, what that, make, that makes the whole country unsafe. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you've never been there. Yeah. <laughs> so, like it, just, it just compounds and compounds. It's actually like, it's actually kind of funny. So let's talk about a couple more like specifics of uh, safety tips for solo female travelers in Mexico. Um, you mentioned managing your expectations, which is so smart. So can you um, tell me a little bit about managing your expectations? Yeah, I really think that safety is a big mindset um, question, basically. So. And I think part of like feeling safe in your environment comes with knowing, like understanding it. And like, um, like when you're in an unfamiliar situation, it will like naturally feel scarier to you. And that's just like our bodies are like mentality's natural response, to, like a coping mechanism. So I think like the more work you do to understand the culture and like know what it's going to be like when you get there the more safe you'll feel. So one thing that I like to do when I go somewhere new is like plan out everything that's going to happen between getting off of the plane to arriving in my accommodation. So like I'll pick up my bags and then like go to the taxi stand and say this to the person and this is the address and like kind of like mentally walk through it. If that makes any sense. No, that's so great. I mean, that's like the whole philosophy of, of like visualization. And, yeah, you know, which is a thousands year old practice. So <laughs> that's in like, that's super smart to do. 
And it's not even necessarily, you know, saying this is how this everything's going to play out step by step. It's just that you have some kind of idea and, you know, you can sort of like future cast a little of like a problem that might arise, you know, that's very specific to you. Like I know myself so well that I know I panic when I'm waiting for my baggage and I'm the last person to get it. And you've sort of gone through that mentally. So you're already prepared to not panic. Totally. Yeah. And then it's, and then it just helps because people will like some people in Facebook groups can make it sound like really scary, but if you walk yourself through it like that, then you can visualize like a positive outcome, I guess. I don't know anything about visualization, but I guess I do it. Yeah. No, you do it. (laughs) I hate to break it to you. (laughs) That is exactly what visualization is. Or at least that's one way to do it. I guess there's many ways to do it. But yeah, you know, if you've if you've sort of played it out in your head, and I mean, like, you know, some people can take that too far. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can overthink that stuff for sure. And, you know, that's also not helpful. But yeah, if you have some mental picture of most likely how things are going to play out, it makes you so much more confident in the in the actual situation when you're living it. Totally. And then the next part, the next um, tip I have kind of ties into that. Like if you can plan out each of your interactions. So if you don't really speak Spanish, you can think about what interactions you're going to have and then get those phrases somewhere that you can access so that you can like interpret the responses and stuff. And so then my next tip is like learn a bit of Spanish. Yeah. And that's that, of course, goes for any country. But uh, so when you say basic, learn some basic Spanish, how much Spanish are we really talking here? I mean, I don't think it's necessary. Like you can travel Mexico comfortably without Spanish. So if you don't have time to learn anything, it's not going to ruin your trip. But the more the better. But even if you just know some like simple phrases like como estas and stuff like that, like just to break the ice a little bit with locals, that will really like win you some brownie points. Yeah, I've definitely found that in big cities, I would say like half the population speaks Spanish, Um, especially like the 25 and younger demographic, they, most of them speak English. Oh yeah, English, not Spanish. Spanish. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Mexicans speak Spanish, Um, no. So yeah, um, in big cities, definitely English is really prevalent and the 25 and younger demographic, they seem to mostly speak English. Um, People in the service industry tend to speak English. But again, it's like, it's a sign of respect, I think. I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I think Mexicans see it as a sign of respect that you took a little bit of time to learn like yeah like the basic greetings or the polite uh niceties and like good day how are you hello thank you you know those kinds of things yeah I definitely I definitely think it's a sign of respect it's just like a nice gesture like how if you like go to somebody's house you bring a gift when you go to Mexico you bring the gift of having learned basic Spanish oh my god I love that (laughs) (laughs) This is my gift. That's so cute. I never thought of it that way. Uh, I mean, I just think you have to be like, 
like if you're traveling you're a guest in somebody's country so you should like I don't know show a sign of appreciation that you're there you I could not agree more with that that's an adorable and correct way <laughs> to look at it um yeah something you wrote in the blog that I thought was really cool way of saying this too that on top of winning a few brownie points with the locals, knowing some Spanish can help you understand more of what's going on around you. This is always a good thing and can do wonders for alleviating your anxiety. Like I cannot agree more. Like anxiety coupled with the solo travel discussion, like it's pretty much the number one reason I think people are not traveling solo. It's, it's the anxiety and yeah, anything you can do to alleviate your own anxiety means an easier trip, a better trip. Um, yeah, and so as far as learning basic Spanish, um, I see you recommend Duolingo and Rocket Spanish and Rosetta Stone. Can you tell me a little bit about the, their apps? So can you tell me a little bit about them? Yeah, so Duolingo is a free service, which is awesome for learning basic Spanish. Um, if you have none at all, that's definitely where I would start. And then Rocket Spanish and Rosetta Stone are more advanced curriculum, so you can you they can take you from nothing to like conversational. I don't know if you would really get fluent with either of those because I think the best way to become fluent is through immersion. But I think like you could get to a pretty decent level of conversational Spanish with either Rocket Spanish or Rosetta Stone. Well, yeah, those are some good options. I use Duolingo a little bit and I like Duolingo. It, it's, it's, a, it's not necessarily like, it's kind of cool. It's not just what you'd learn in a classroom. It's like slang phrases. <laughs> they had a section on how to flirt, which was funny, but <laughs> you know, but that's a little bit more practical than conjugating verbs you know <laughs> I mean yeah, totally. <laughs> it's important but you know it's it's I think more practical to know how to make jokes and like yeah what to say in a social setting than you know how to say have and had done something <laughs> <laughs> totally and also like if you can learn the slang because Mexico uses a lot of slang and so even if you study like a basic Spanish program, they probably won't teach you all of those words. And then you'll get to Mexico and be like, hmm, nobody says any of these things the way that I was taught they would. Yeah. Which is what happened to me the first time I went. It, it's happened to all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, I recommend these and I see that you recommend it in your blog also, a cross body purse. Oh Yeah. <laughs> why do you recommend the crossbody purse I think um in terms of safety pickpocketing is probably the biggest risk you'll face like the most regular potential risk and if you have a crossbody purse nobody first of all your purse is like closer to you usually because it's like and you can put it in front of your body and it'll be hard for somebody to get into it but they also won't be able to like snatch it and run yeah, that's, um, you know, the, the snatch and grab robbery is, is, I guess, a you know, it's easy. It's a common, sadly, it's a common thing, not at, just in Mexico, in the world. 
but yeah, they, it's physically pretty hard to snatch and grab and run with a crossbody purse because it has to come over your head. Whereas, you know, an on your arm, over your arm, shoulder purse. I don't know. I'm not like the most fashionable lady, but like <laughs> your standard issue purse, um, <laughs> that just obviously comes right off. If someone runs at you and grabs it, it just slides right up your arm. Totally. So I always use a crossbody purse, but what is an anti-theft crossbody purse? Um, okay. Yeah. So I got an anti-theft purse because I travel by myself and it just makes me feel better. Um, so it has like locking zippers and it has like, um, a special fabric that protects your, um, credit cards. So they can't get skimmed by those machines that can like steal your credit card number, I guess. Oh, wow. That has never happened to me, thankfully. That's high uh, tech. And I think it also has like slash proof fabric. I haven't like put it to the test, <laughs> but allegedly it has slash proof fabric too. So nobody can slash it open. Wow. But I... the main thing that's good about it is that the strap unhooks. So you can like um, wrap it around like a chair at a restaurant or something. So you don't have to like have your purse on your lap. You can just kind of like hook it around your chair so nobody can take it. Oh my God. Sounds like the best thing ever, and I do not <laughs> own one. <laughs> but yeah. I do always think about that with putting the purse on the chairs. I'm always like, I'm always like half not prepared to do it. <laughs> like, you want to take your purse off because you want to like chill, but then it's like, what do I do with it? So I love that. Yeah, it's like, it's super handy. I like it. I don't use all those things all the time but when I go to Mexico City for instance I do or if I'm like on trans public transportation where it's really crowded I'll like lock the zipper well these are oh my god these are all really 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 great <laughs> tips um so you you mentioned talking to the locals and maintaining an air of mystery as two tips. So like, how do you talk to the locals and maintain an air of mystery at the same time? Well, you can talk to locals, like, I don't know, like talk to the person at the front desk of your hotel or like talk to the person where like your server when you get breakfast or whatever, and just like ask them what they recommend doing or like if there's anywhere that you're planning to go that might be like potentially like a not a great place to go <clears throat> excuse me um they're a good person to ask just to like get their perspective and I find usually locals are more conservative about their recommendations than foreign people so like foreign people who have traveled extensively in Mexico will be like absolutely you can go anywhere it's totally fine I never had any issues and then locals will be like I would not go to that town yeah no that's a really that's like definitely a cool point. And I think Mexicans are some of the most hospitable people in the world. And I think they're actually kind of concerned with you being safe. <laughs> like I think more than say someone who moves to Mexico, they're obviously of the opinion that Mexico is amazing and great. Like I, I feel that way. And I probably take a lot more risks than even a Mexican would take, you know, being in Mexico. But again, I feel totally comfortable and 
I've probably done those things that are maybe in the gray area of safety, but it's like, I've also been in Mexico for about two and a half years and I speak Spanish and, you know, all these kinds of, whereas a local, you know, I think they're a little more concerned, I guess, in that way about foreigners. Yeah, like, I find that they always want us, like, you, they want foreigners to have a positive experience because they have a lot of, like, national pride, and they also, like, are good people, so they don't want you to be in harm's way. Yeah. And, I mean, even if, like, my boyfriend's family, of course, are all Mexican, and they, like, have a lot of concern for me because they're like, we know that you travel solo all the time, but, like, you have to be very careful and... Um, it's just like for me it's like more normal culturally for somebody to like travel solo I guess too so that's part of it like it's not quite as common yeah that's definitely true I Mexicans are not I guess I think because that like Mexicans have really big families on average so I think you're like never alone. I think there's always someone yeah. to hang out with. Yeah, most experiences are like enjoyed as a family. Yeah. yeah, so like as an American and I guess probably as a Canadian too, it's a lot more common just to do things socials. I mean, um, solo, not social. But yeah, in Mexico, it's, it's, it's a little weird. I think people are even looking out for you that much more as like a solo female traveler, but Again, yeah. that could just be my experience and maybe your experience too. Yeah, that's been my experience for sure. Like I've definitely had taxi drivers and like hostel workers and people like give me tips or like try like suggest that I do something differently to like make me safer. So yeah, so maintaining an air of, air of mystery. So, you know, you're chatting with people, obviously sm maybe making small talk and for a lot of people, small talk is not always comfortable and, you know, but I love this because you do, you really should like refrain from just like saying everything and maybe it's out of nervousness, but, you know, to just kind of like not tell a stranger every single thing about your life and where you're staying and, and your whole itinerary and, but yeah, you mentioned maintaining an air of mystery. I don't know if you have any yeah, like, yeah, I definitely think you should play your cards a little close to your chest and just not, like, definitely no, don't give away, like, your room number or even necessarily say how long you're staying or even share, yeah, like, specifics about your itinerary. And then even, like, if you're staying somewhere for a long time and as a solo traveler, like, don't even take the same route every time you walk from your hotel to the coffee shop or, like, go to all the same places at the same times every day like just switching those things up a little bit can help make it harder for you to become somebody's target yeah no that is like a solo traveler pro tip right there <laughs> um so maintaining good behavior and not doing drugs in mexico or buying drugs um yeah, what, what do people need to know about being on their best behavior while traveling here and obeying laws? Yeah, I think there is, like, most people aren't like this. It's probably just, like, a very small percentage who make a lot of noise, but a lot of people act like, okay, not a lot of people. Some people act like Mexico is just, like, this free-for-all, like, 
country where you can do whatever you want and there's no repercussions for your actions, but there are. And you should just not, like, you should obey the laws and you should be considerate and just not act like a garbage person while you're in Mexico because bad things probably will happen to you if you do that. Even if it's just, like, getting arrested and thrown in the drunk tank or whatever, like, it's not going to be the same deal as back home. Yeah. And even back home, it's not where you want to be. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I know we both lived in one of the more touristy areas uh, in the Yucatan Peninsula, and that is uh, Playa del Carmen. Yeah. So... (laughs) Tell me about um, just observe some of observation, general observations of people not doing what they were supposed to do and not being good tourists. I mean, I just saw a lot of like people that were way too drunk. Like I saw this woman like crawl in the trunk of a taxi one time. She like showed her entire butt to the entire street and her husband was like filming her on his phone as she climbed into the trunk of a taxi and then shut it on her and the taxi driver was standing there like what is going on and I was like this is why like people have bad things happen to them because they like don't control their liquor and then they just like act like there's no consequences I don't know no and like just you know keep in mind that these are some of the people answering your is Mexico safe question (laughs) (laughs) it's like these people who have done insane off the wall things and (laughs) something bad happened and now Mexico's unsafe yeah I was like is this like real life these are like adult humans but anyways um I just Playa is like a tourist playground but that doesn't mean that bad things don't happen there either and in fact Playa is the only place in Mexico that I've been where I've been like openly offered drugs repeatedly in the street like every day. Yeah so there's like no way to uh, like there's just such a strong correlation I think in the American mind between like Mexico and the cartels like maybe thanks to narcos on Netflix or just general (laughs) mainstream U.S. news but yeah the cartels are a huge problem in Mexico there's like no rational person that's gonna try and argue against that point. Um, I think the average Mexican person probably despises the cartels, but it's, it's sort of one of the sadder parts of life of this country. But yeah, like, don't support those, don't support them. (laughs) Do not, don't buy drugs, like, don't support those people. Don't, don't even talk to cartel people. And I know exactly what you're talking about, because the main street of Playa del Carmen, which is called Fifth Avenue, you know, it was very common to be approached by someone from the cartel selling drugs. Uh, But so how do you handle that? I mean, I just walk away. Like, I just keep walking when that happens. But as like, it's like pretty jarring. Like, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had that happen to me anywhere else in the world. But um yeah, just know that that might happen and just keep walking. Um, I'm from South Florida and uh, I kind of grew up hanging out in Miami Beach. 
but it happens. It happens in <laughs> it happens in other places. It happens in Miami, for example. <laughs> I mean, it might be like a little more covert, but not a whole lot more covert. Like you can definitely just be approached. It also happened to me in the Bahamas. Oh man. Yeah, on the beach, on the beaches in the Bahamas. I was at the Atlantis Resort. That was a work trip. Uh, <laughs> just you know I'm not really that that gal at, at Atlantis but um, <laughs> I was lucky enough to go there with a work trip but yeah on the beach you get approached um to buy drugs so it it happens uh it's definitely in the tourist areas and what I found from living in Playa is like you just say no or no gracias to them and they'll like they've always just never really pursued or even kept talking to me really because you know, their goal is to sell drugs. So if, yeah. you're, uh, if you're a no on that, then they're going to find someone who's a yes. But yeah. I think, you know, just maybe again, you know, I'm probably in the minority having been approached to buy drugs in several places, <laughs> but it, I think most travelers might be more along the lines of you where it's, it is probably super jarring and, you know, it's, it's an uncomfortable situation, but you know, yeah, again, like this is another thing of like maybe visualization. You just have to know it, it could happen, especially in the tourist areas and you're just going to say no and continue on with your day. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I guess like the, the like being asked isn't really the part that's like so jarring. It's just like all of the realizations of the cartel presence that come with it. Like, suddenly feeling like oh man they're all around but like most of the yeah like they're just not gonna mess with you if you're not involved exactly they're getting involved yeah you're kind of opening a door even just by further engaging in a dialogue um you know you just have to be it has to be a hard no you can you can just drink if you want to party that hard you know it's legal and (laughs) you can just do that and, you know, stay as safe as you can and not support cartel income. Totally. So to just like to wrap that point up, like that's the only place that's happened to me in Mexico. Like that's not even a big city thing. It's like a Cancun and Playa del Carmen thing, I think. So Playa del Carmen is um, about an hour south of Cancun. And then Tulum is like another hour south of that. If, if um, you know, Cancun and Tulum being like two of the biggest, most visited spots in Mexico. So Playa del Carmen's right in the middle and it's another popular party town. It's kind of like a baby Cancun. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, these are like the biggest party towns of Mexico. So th- this, and this is the only per- place I've ever been approached. So not even in, in big cities, not e- definitely never in Mexico City did that happen. Yeah. Um, it's in the beach. It's in like isolated to a few party towns on the beach. And, yeah. you know, I guess that's to be expected. I'm not saying it's great, but it's somewhat to be expected at least. So yeah. the last like, tip which is like another Mexico insider pro tip and it's <laughs> avoiding the ATMs around paydays so tell me about Mexican payday <laughs> so Mexican payday is the 15th and the 30th of every month 
And you know when it's the 15th or the 30th because every bank will have an enormous line. So I know a lot of Mexican locals who have been robbed after, like, on those days because obviously, like, a lot of people have to take out a lot of cash. Um, and then, like, people who are going to steal it know that that's the prime time to be on the prowl. So I don't recommend, if you're going to take out money on those days, um, just make sure you do it in the daytime and do it at an ATM that's, like, in a bank or not, like, in an alley or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, those were all really, really great tips, even some pro tips. Um, yeah, I want to, I guess, just, like, circle back around to the, the whole original point that, like, the is Mexico safe question is unanswerable and it's all you know you're just getting a bunch of subjective answers or if you're reading news articles you're getting a bunch of like manipulated statistics um so the real question is like how do i stay safe in mexico and i think you you know again you gave a lot of great tips but i want you to talk about some of the amazing things about Mexico, <laughs> some of your amazing experiences, you know, because obviously we both moved here because it's an amazing, amazing country. And I, there's never just enough of those stories being told. So tell me about some of your amazing Mexico experiences. Yeah, I have, I have so many, like Mexico is probably I think you said this already, like, one of the most hospitable countries, and people are so friendly, and they also look out for you, so I had one time I booked this Airbnb in Mexico City that was, like, very close to Tepito, like, it said Centro Historico, but I think it was, like, really borderline Tepito, and our Uber driver was taking us there. And he was like, are you sure this is the address? <laughs> like, I don't want to drop you here. And I was like, yeah, this is the address. And he was like, well, can you double check? Because, like, this is not a good neighborhood. And I was like, no, like, this is definitely it. <laughs> and he was like, okay. But, like, he didn't want to leave us there, which I thought was, like, a nice vote of confidence. Like, even your Uber driver is looking out for you. Yeah. And so another, like, pro tip. Tepito is one of the worst areas of Mexico City. Even Mexicans do not want to go there. Um, yeah, it has a really bad reputation. You shouldn't go there. Like, I remember actually in Mexico City, I was in a bar and, like, chatting with three American, like, you know, like, kind of stereotypically, like, Ken Doll-looking football player-type dudes. And they're like, yeah, we're going to Tepito tomorrow. And I was like, you know, that's a really bad idea. You should, <laughs> you should not go to Tepito tomorrow or ever. And they're like, we're going because it's dangerous. And it's like, okay. So <laughs> you know that it's dangerous. And that's why you're going. And then again, these are some of the people answering your is Mexico safe question. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. People who have actively <laughs> done the thing they know not to do. So... <laughs> Yeah, like, so your, your Uber driver's like, hey, this isn't a good place for you. So even Mexicans are not trying to really go to Tepito. <laughs> no, yeah. And I was with my boyfriend, too, on that trip. And 
he like also assured the Uber driver that we had booked that very location and the Uber driver was like, you guys are clearly crazy, but mm-hmm. it did end up being fine for the record. Like, didn't get attacked or anything. Yeah, Centro Historico is the historic downtown of Mexico City, and it's it's generally a pretty safe place to stay for yeah. for Mexico City. Um, okay, so what else? Tell me some other stuff. Um, okay, my other favorite anecdote to share is about my dog. So we adopted this dog two years ago now, and he has a street dog. He's like a senior street dog, and it's taken quite a while for his, like, wandering ways to subside. So for the first year that we had him, he would escape, like, at least once a week from our house, and then somebody would, like, call him, call us, the phone number on his tag, and, like, we would go pick him up, and at this point, like, he's been rescued, like, at least a dozen times and so now we have this like whole network of people in Jalapa where we live that are like checking in <laughs> on him and so like my boyfriend will get texts from people that like helped us find him like months ago and be like oh hey how's your dog like he's so cute I hope he's okay and we're like oh thanks so we have like I don't know this like whole dog network now which is so cute. That is really cute that I mean I think a lot of Americans don't know their neighbors and you probably know your whole city. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, having this dog has definitely helped us like expand our social circle and explore our city. (laughs) Mm. Um, That's really cute. Um, Also that you adopted a senior dog is very cute. (laughs) Yeah, he's adorable. Cool, so... I'm glad we could end on a positive note of um, how Mexicans are actually incredibly friendly. Like sometimes I say Mexicans are too friendly for me. (laughs) Sometimes I wish they would be a little less friendly just because I'm definitely more of an introvert than an extrovert. So sometimes their friendliness is like overwhelming, (laughs) at least for me. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's hard to even wrap your thoughts around how different this country is than what you see and hear about, you know, in mainstream media and, and even on, on TV shows and stuff like that. So thank you for sharing some of those stories that dispel that. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You are welcome. So tell people who would like to connect with you and learn more about your experiences in Mexico? How do they, how do they connect with you? Uh, you can find me at janineintheworld.com or on all of the social medias at Janine in the world. Well, cool. and I'll put a link in, in like the show notes to make finding, finding you easier. Sweet. Cool. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me about our adopted country (laughs) and hopefully we will do another podcast and talk about some other mexico stuff in the future i'd love to okay cool well for now thank you so much again janine and thank you for listening um and until we chat again nos vemos chicas that means see you soon okay bye-bye That's our episode for this week. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. And I sincerely hope that you're starting to see just how achievable your solo travel dreams are. If this episode resonated with you and you know other women it will resonate with, please share it with them. Let's grow a supportive community of both aspiring solo female travelers and solo travel veterans so we can learn from and more importantly, empower one another. Ready to join the community? Head to our private Facebook group called Dream to Destination and let's chat. If you're also curious about my solo travel adventures in Mexico, then you'll want to connect with me on Instagram and Facebook at Travel Mexico Solo for both. On the socials, I share all of my colorful Mexico photos, my destination recommendations, and links to my related Mexico travel blog posts each and every day. All the social media pages I just mentioned are linked in the show notes. Thank you once again for being here. I appreciate it so much that you're supporting the Dream to Destination podcast. But as a brand spanking new podcast, I will ask you to please, please, please help me spread the word. How can you help with that? It's super easy. Hit subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast. By doing those quick four things, you're going to be helping other women find us and go on to achieve their solo travel dreams as well. Until next time, dream on.